rising high above the Seattle skyline is one of the most iconic structures in the world. It was built in just 400 days, held together by 74,000 bolts. Today, it stands as a symbol of the Pacific Northwest, reminding us of plans of the past and dreams of the future. I'm Jason Epperson, and this is the Sea America Podcast. From coast to coast, we see America one mile at a time, discovering stops along the way that are eclectic, historic, ridiculous, breathtaking, inspiring, and humbling. This week, Seattle, Washington's Space Needle. This great destination is brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Road Trippers helps people discover the world around them in an entirely new way by streamlining discovery, planning, booking, and navigation. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com, then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. With a history of the Space Needle, here's Abigail Trebu. The idea for the Space Needle was first sketched on a napkin by Seattle Hotel Executive Edward Eddie Carlson during a visit to Germany in 1959. He was thinking of the upcoming 1962 World's Fair for which he was chairman. A space age tower could be a symbol of a great fair, as well as a centerpiece of the Seattle skyline for years to come. He organized the private Pentagram Corporation to build the Space Needle with financier Bagley Wright and Ned Skinner, contractor Howard S. Wright, architect John Graham, and timber magnate Norton Clapp. John Graham would be responsible for the design, and Howard Wright's construction company would serve as the general contractor. The proposed Space Needle had no pre-selected site. Since it was not financed by the city, land had to be purchased within the fairgrounds. The investors had been unable to find suitable land and the search for a site was nearly dead when, in 1961, they discovered a plot, 120 feet by 120 feet, containing switching equipment for the fire and police alarm systems. The land sold for $75,000, with only one year remaining before the World's Fair commenced. Graham began working on the design. Carlson's sketch was more of a giant balloon tethered to the ground, but Graham envisioned a flying saucer-like halo that would house a rotating restaurant and observation deck at the top. He had built a revolving bar in Hawaii and adapted that technology to the needle, designing the first freestanding rotating restaurant in the world. The Space Needle would need to withstand wind speeds of 200 miles per hour, double the requirements in the Building Code of 1962, and would only be allowed to sway one inch per 10 miles per hour of wind speed. It would also need to withstand earthquakes, which was ensured when ground broke on the structure. A hole was dug 30 feet deep and 120 feet across. It took 467 concrete trucks one full day to fill it. With time short, Wright's construction team would need to work around the clock. 
The foundation weighs 5,850 tons, the same as the above ground structure, which is bolted to the foundation with 72 bolts, each one 30 feet long. The domed top housing the top five levels needed to be perfectly balanced so that the restaurant could rotate with the help of one tiny electric motor. The construction team met their deadline and the Space Needle was finished in April 1962 at a cost of $4.5 million. It was painted in custom colors named Orbital Olive, Astronaut White, Re-Entry Red, and Galaxy Gold. The last elevator car was installed the day before the fair opened on April 21st. Upon completion, the Space Needle was the tallest building in the Western United States, replacing the Smith Tower in downtown Seattle as the tallest building west of the Mississippi since 1914. During the course of the fair, nearly 20,000 people a day rode the elevators to the observation deck. The 20,000 mark was never reached, having only missed by fewer than 50 people one day. Some of those visitors were leaders, artists, and celebrities, including the Shah and Empress of Iran, King Olaf of Norway, Prince Philip, Richard Nixon, Lyndon Johnson, Bobby Kennedy, Walter Cronkite, John Wayne, Walt Disney, John Glenn, and many more. Elvis Presley made a movie during the fair that featured a love scene in the restaurant. It was also featured that summer in the first live transatlantic TV broadcast, which reached 200 million viewers. The Space Needle was a hit. In 1966, a young Bill Gates won a dinner at the Needle from his church for memorizing the Bible's Sermon on the Mount. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is now located right across the street. Over the years, the Space Needle has been used to celebrate all sorts of events, especially sports, as it's often donned with the colors of a team in the playoffs. In 2013, during Super Bowl 47, the Space Needle shot off fireworks after every Seattle Seahawks touchdown. It got to the point where the pyrotechnic team had to ration them so that there would be enough for the end of the game as the Seahawks won 43-8. to In Graham's original designs, the observation windows were much larger than what was finally built. Construction was limited to what the technology of the day would allow. In the last couple of years, the Space Needle has undergone a major renovation using modern structural glass technology to help deliver on Graham's vision while providing a new exciting experience for guests. The Sentry Project is its formal name, but the staff at the Needle calls the project a spacelift. Construction wrapped just over a year ago. New glass barriers, which tilt outward to match the angle of the building, replace the wire caging on the outer observation deck, offering seamless sight lines. Alan Maskin, design principal for Olsen Kundig. The Space Needle invited Olsen Kundig to work on a reimagination and a transformation of the top house of the Space Needle. To be a design firm in the Pacific Northwest with that design challenge, frankly, it's the greatest design challenge that we have ever worked on. 
the ability to come up here and literally take away what walls, security cages, broaden, create floor to ceiling glass, and then peel back the floor and replace everything with glass, almost 200% more glass, and creating the world's first rotating glass floor. These are entirely new ways to actually look at cities and actually to observe um, the nature that surrounds the Pacific Northwest. And you get to sort of move on it and move around the city 520 feet in the air. The response has been extraordinary and I could not be more excited. Sleek canted glass benches are affixed to alternating glass barriers, leaving guests with feet dangling, leaning out over the city below for a spine tingling Seattle selfie. Floor to ceiling glass replace the low level interior walls on the observation deck, creating an uninhibited view from the moment you step off the elevator. From a design perspective, what that means is that it opens the lens in the visitor's eye, that they literally can see so much more. You have these 360 degree views up here on this level, and then when you go downstairs, you're standing on the world's first rotating glass floor. You literally are moving around Seattle 520 feet up in the air, and visitors are reacting in the most extraordinary ways. On the interior, a dramatic new open circular stairway made of steel, wood, and glass, winds down from the observation deck to the 500-foot level. At the base, there's a glass-floored oculus, revealing views of the Space Needle's steel superstructure, as well as the elevators and counterweights ascending and descending. This level also features floor-to-ceiling glass and the world's first and only revolving glass floor called the Loop. You can walk out on it if you dare, and take in tremendous views of the tower and city below. 10 different types and more than 176 tons of glass have been used in the renovation, mostly installed frameless for clean sight lines. Each section was custom designed with multiple redundant layers of structural glass fused together with a high strength inner layer. The loop weighs 37 tons and has a total of 10 layers of structural glass the very top layer is a scuff layer that's made to keep the glass clean from shoe marks. This layer will be replaced on a regular schedule for visual clarity and can be easily replaced if damage occurs without compromising the floor's structural integrity. To maintain flawless views, the Space Needle employs a full-time glasskeeper team that cleans and maintains the more than 20,000 square feet of glass throughout the day. In order to keep rain from interfering with a view, the glasskeepers coat three to four panels each week with a repellent that helps water to beat up and roll off the glass. Blair Payson, also a design principal with Seattle firm Olson Kundig. It's been a five-year adventure. Uh, started with a digital kiosk, evolved into something that's crazy complicated. Permits, really difficult. Building codes aren't meant for this kind of thing. To reimagine the visitor experience, and not only in the sense of view, but also how the entire sensory experience could be enhanced. We had the chance to work with experts from every field, construction, robotics, engineering, glazing, and this is almost an impossible project. You know, we're 500 feet in the air, cantilevered over a, basically an open space. You might as well be in outer space. The Space Needle is open 365 days a year and is part of the Seattle Center Public Complex, a 74-acre civic arts and family gathering place that is home to more than 30 cultural, educational, sports, and entertainment organizations, attracting over 12 million visitors each year. The Space Needle is on the only private land within the complex. 
The nation's first full-scale commercial monorail system provides a quick and convenient link between downtown Seattle and the Space Needle. The revolving restaurant at the Needle is no longer open, but the organization is working on developing a new world-class dining experience, and guests can still snack at the cafe and wine bar. This episode of See America was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, with narration by Abigail Trebu. If you like the show, we'd love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'd also like to invite you to follow the See America podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and to join the See America Facebook group, where we chat about some of America's greatest road trip destinations. If you're a national park lover, we hope you'll also check out the America's National Parks podcast. Or come listen to Abigail and me talk about our life on the road with our three boys on the RV Miles podcast. This great destination was brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. Roadtrippers.